The action in chapter 10 goes back in time ever so briefly to the end of chapter 8, with Natasha running out of the drawing room where all the guests were being entertained, perhaps because she was a bit embarrassed that the adults noticed her and Boris's affection for one another. Boris was also going over details of Natasha's old doll Mimi, and that was also quite embarrassing because it put Natasha in a childlike box. So Natasha left and she reached the conservatory of the estate. The conservatory is the sunroom or or solarium and it was a pretty big deal for rich families to have these. Often they would provide magnificent views of the property or landscape. Being made up of mostly glass was the key feature. They would be at the side or end of a house. And if you think about the lack of good lighting in those days, such rooms that provided a lot of natural sun were quite special. They were also a place where plants and animals could grow, including fruits, especially lemons and oranges. The 1800s, especially in England, were the golden age of these conservatories or solariums. Natasha stood in the solarium, waiting for Boris to come out. She could sort of hear the conversation she left behind. She was growing impatient and on the verge of crying because Boris wasn't coming too quickly. She then hid among some flower tubs. Boris looked around, didn't see her, but found a mirror. He looked at himself in his fancy uniform. Boris smiled at himself, likely thinking he looked good or stately in that uniform, and then walked to an exit. Natasha didn't call out for him, but wanted Boris to look for her. But before Natasha could even start to leave the room, in comes the other pair of young lovers. Nikolai and Sonia. Natasha stayed in her hiding place to see what was going on. First came in Sonia, flushed in tears, talking angrily to herself, looking around at the door, waiting for Nikolai, who then came in. Sonia, what's the matter? said Nikolai. Sonia gave him the old nothing, leave me alone. Then Nikolai admitted, I know what it is. So Sonia opens up. Well, if you know what it is, go on, go back to her. He is speaking about Julie Kuragin and how she and Nikolai were having a rather friendly conversation at dinner. Nikolai is then very considerate of her feelings, and takes her hand very gently, and says, Sonia, how can you torture me and yourself over a trifle like that? Sonia didn't pull away, but continued to cry. Then Nikolai says, Sonia, the whole world is nothing to me. You are my all. I'll prove it to you. He then drew Sonia near to him, and gave her a kiss. Natasha thought that this was wonderful, and she definitely wanted some type of the same treatment. So, after Nikolai and Sonia left, she then went to find Boris. She called out to Boris and led him back to the same conservatory, and specifically to the place where she had been hiding. She said, I want to show you something, and she showed her that childhood doll. She told Boris, kiss the doll, the doll being a stand-in for herself. Boris became somewhat still. He was attentive, but was letting Natasha keep in control of the situation. Natasha got closer to Boris, and she tossed away the doll, and mimicked what she just saw her brother do in taking control of the situation. She grabbed on to Boris's cufflinks, looked him in the eyes, and got closer and closer to him. Boris became paralyzed and red. He was somewhat embarrassed. Natasha asked, would you like to kiss me? And Boris thought she was acting absurd. So Natasha then jumped up onto some little stool or flower tub that was nearby. She flung her bare arms around his neck, and tossing back her curly hair, she kissed him. 
full on the lips. Natasha then got embarrassed, probably because of Boris's reaction. It wasn't so enthusiastic. He was fairly still. He gave Natasha, you know I love you, but something nobody ever wants to hear. Natasha then asked the right question. But are you in love with me? Boris said, yes, but let's not do this again. It appears he's acting like a gentleman. He may have some concern over their age disparity. Natasha is 13, and his age is unclear, but he's linked with Nikolai, who might be anywhere from 16 to 20, based on inconsistencies in the novel. Boris looks at her and says, Natasha, in another four years, I'll ask for your hand. I'll ask for you to marry me. Natasha then counts on her fingers. In four years, she'll be 16 or 17. Again, there are even slight inconsistencies with her age. But Natasha is happy and considers the matter settled. And Boris replies the same. Settled. Forever and ever, said Natasha, till we die. And Boris agreed. She took his arm and both happily exited the room. With regard to this group of the Rostov household, Tolstoy really is focusing on the springtime of their lives. He noted that with them, this energy, this passion, this youthful beauty entered the drawing room, and when they left, the sunshine that they brought set. There's something transcendent about this youth and optimism and expressions of young love and idolism. Natasha being hard-charging, going after what she wants. Boris being a gentleman, stately, dignified. Sonia being hopelessly in love with Nikolai. Nikolai being tender and caring. This is the peace and great times of war and peace, where what lies ahead could hardly be imagined. And how many people over the ages have been in similar circumstances, where they're going through life with childhood enthusiasm and grand expectations, but the world has something else in store when war interrupts the peace. And that, my friends, sums up the commentary for the first ten chapters of War and Peace. Next up will be a recitation episode which will briefly summarize what the first ten chapters covered. Thank you so much for joining me. I am Sean Roman.